bless your name, Jesus. That even when we are not, you are faithful. Yeah. Hallelujah. You hold our Bless hand, your Lord. name, Jesus. You hold my hand. Hallelujah. You, hold our hand, Lord. you are there, God. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You said you never leave us. Yes, Lord. Nor forsake us. Hallelujah. You hold our hand. And for that, Father, we are grateful on today. For that, God, we owe you all the glory and the praise on today. Hallelujah. Bless the name of God. I guess I better move on because it's preaching time. But God, I love you on today. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. We honor the Lord on today. We honor our great pastor and angel of this house, Bishop Alfred Jackson. We honor Lady Jackson, our first lady. And we honor you, the Lord's people, on today. Amen. Let's go to the word of God. Amen. Turn with me to Romans 12. We're going to read verses 1 through 2 and verse 11. Put your finger on Colossians 3 as well. That's Romans 12, 1 through 2, verse 11. Amen. Verse 1 through 2 and then verse 11, yeah. And Colossians 3, 24, 23 through 24. I'll be reading from the NIV version. And it reads, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Moving on to verse number 11. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. And flip over to Colossians 3. 23 and 24, Colossians 3, 23 to 24, and it reads, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as your reward. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we bless your name. And we honor you. God, we thank you that you're mindful of us and you know our names, God. We thank you for this time in your presence, Father. God, through your vessel, God, I open my mouth and you'll speak, Father, that you may be glorified. The meditations of my mouth and the, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today we're going to talk about going full throttle, a maxed out life. Going Full throttle, a maxed out life. Amen. It is February 2nd, 2020. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday. Tonight at 6.30 p.m. it goes down. San Francisco 49ers will square off against the Kansas City Chiefs. Amen. In the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida. Y'all know I don't know nothing about football. I had to do my research. Amen. So I, I do know, though, that millions of people are going to tune in and watch tonight 
and they're going to watch with the expectancy that their team, one team, is going to win. They have an expectation that the coach and the staff have devised some specific strategies and plays for tonight. Now, the 49ers have probably watched the Kansas City Chiefs' previous games and vice versa, studied their plays, trying to figure out what plays work best in order to successfully overcome their opponent. Amen. You football players, uh, watchers, know what I'm talking about. Where's Lady, Lady Jackson? Um, <laughs> so, surely they're not going to come on the field without preparation. Amen. Without a strategy for winning on tonight. So, you see, a strategy has to be applied in situations where there is an expected outcome. So there was an expected outcome that a team is going to win. So, and I also think that, think about the fact that there is something that is, that is driving each team. There's something that drives us. Some might say it's the championship ring. Some people might say it's just the thrill of winning. Some people might say it's bragging rights that they're after. The monetary compensation that comes along with it. The endorsements and all the other financial perks that come along with winning. Or just knowing that they haven't let down their coach and their fans. Something is driving them. Whatever it might be, there is something that is, that is going to push those, those teams forward on tonight. And when they get out on that, on that field, they're going to keep in mind what their purpose is, what their goal is. My question for you is what drives you? What is it that drives you to do kingdom work? What motivates you? What propels you forward? What helps you get up in the morning? Amen. Are you driven by the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross on your behalf? Does remembering what Jesus did for you push you forward in the morning when it's rough and it's hard to get up and function? What makes you want to go hard? What is it? When I was growing up in church, and I was in church all the time, I was a preacher's kid, and I was a preacher's grandkid. So before anybody else got there, we were there. And when everybody else was gone, we were still there. And when we were in church, we had testimony service. Anybody had testimony service? Amen. We used to have testimony service. And so whoever was presiding over the service, they say, sometimes they say, come on, let's pop up like popcorn and tell what the Lord has done. And you have somebody that be sitting down and, and everything be quiet. And all of a sudden they say, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that is done for me, my very soul cries out, hallelujah. I thank God for saving me. You knew that they meant that thing. And you knew that whatever God had done for them was what was propelling them to get up out of their seats and give God the glory. What gets you out of your seat and, give, and gets you to give God the glory? Amen. When I was in college, I sang on a choir. I sang with the Association of Every Nights. AOE 1968. That was our saying. And I, I thank God for the choir because that helped keep me grounded. It helped to keep me grounded when I was in school. And we sang an a cappella song called In Christ There Is No Failure. And then down further in the song, it would say, you can't make me doubt him. I know too much about him. I've tried him for myself. And I know that Christ won't fail. What pushes you today? What drives you? Is it that you know that he won't fail you? Have you tried him for yourself? Are you driven by the desire to embrace all that God has in store for you as his child? 
Is it the fact that he knows your name? Is that what drives you? Have you thought about what drives you? Have you thought about your personal why? What is your personal why? See, the shift doesn't matter if you don't understand the why. If you don't know your personal, we could talk about our church why, but what is your personal why? What is your personal why? And sometimes in, in, in not knowing our why, sometimes forgetting about our whys, we lose momentum and we forget about our purpose and going full throttle becomes a little bit more difficult. Tonight, as the clock approaches the fourth quarter, you might notice a player or two that seems to have lost their steam. You know how when you watch these sports theme movies and at halftime, sometime during the, during the game, the team and the coaches are in the locker room and the coach or either the team captain is giving that motivational speech to try to help the players and push them forward and remind them about the game. Sometimes we need that to finish strong, amen. Yesterday, the Lord had to send me a small reminder, a moment of transparency about my personal purpose so that I wouldn't lose steam. The Lord spoke through Minister Trevor Stevens on yesterday in a great way, and I thank the Lord for him being used by the Lord and reminded me of what the Lord put in me. Sometimes you have to be reminded, and it helped me to run on a little further. It pushed me to seek the Lord's face even more. I was reminded that he created me for good works. I was reminded that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Sometimes we need a reminder of our purpose to drive us, to help us regain momentum when we have lost steam. There are times when we aren't necessarily revved up and giving it our all because we haven't really embraced the calling. So we stall out and we don't really accelerate and move forward. Sometimes we shy away from that calling and that responsibility because of what comes with it. But we have to embrace it all. Jesus did not pass the cup. Elder Brown reminded us of that a couple of weeks ago. He didn't pass the cup. Amen. Let's revisit the scripture. Romans 12 and 1. In the verse he says, in certain translations, it says, I beseech you. This reminds us that Paul was appealing to our will because God calls us to make a choice about the way we live for him. Amen. And then he says, by the mercies of God, it reminds us that we present our bodies as a living sacrifice because of the mercy shown to us by God. And that we are only able to offer ourselves to God as he works his mercy in us. I come to remind you that he's working in you. He's giving you what you need to go full throttle. God commanded us to do this. And then what he does is he makes it possible for us to go full throttle. And so when you lose your steam, Go back to what the word says. He's given us what we need. Romans 8, 28 through 30 says this. And we know that all things. God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. You don't have to look at your neighbor, but touch yourself and say, I'm called. I'm justified. The Lord will use you to add value. You add value. There's something in you that adds value to somebody's life. 
Someone is counting on you to embrace that value that God has put on in you. Someone is counting on the precious gifting within you. What's inside of you may be the answer to somebody's prayer. Someone's petition before the Lord might be inside of you. Embrace this truth about you and who the Lord has created you to be so that we can go full throttle in this thing. Remember, the shift doesn't matter unless you understand your personal why. Unless you understand your personal why. Let's talk about what I mean by full throttle. So full throttle doesn't just mean fast acceleration. Full throttle also has to do with the intensity. Um, intentional advancement. Intentional advancement when you're talking about full throttle. It means you're driving it and you're giving it all you got. So you have to ask yourself, am I really willing to go full throttle for God's purposes and for his glory? Because that's what this is about. This is what this is about. So what is it that's driving you forward? What personally drives me? I can't speak for anybody else. It's just a desire to please him. I want the Lord to be pleased with my life. Even if that means I have to do things that I don't always want to do, I want him to be pleased. My grandmother used to say to me, do the no to until the want to comes. So you do what you know to do until the desire comes because it's what the Lord wants you to do. He said that if you're willing to be obedient, you can have the good of the land. Amen. So there's it to do. And so I, I, I thank God for the opportunity and the privilege to partner with him in his work and be obedient to Holy Spirit. That is what blesses me. That's my personal why. I can't speak for your personal why. You have to figure that out. So we said that full throttle is intense. It's intentional advancement. How then do we advance? How do we move forward? In order to advance, we have to be strategic. Just as the coaches are going to be strategic at night about the plays that they play and the players that they put out on the field, we have to be strategic. But we can't use just any strategies. You know it's not going to be just that easy. We have to be kingdom-minded and use kingdom strategies. Amen. Somebody say kingdom strategies. Amen. Let's talk about kingdom strategies. There are a lot of kingdom strategies, but we just want to highlight a couple. Amen. So first, let's define the word strategy. So a strategy is a plan of action or policy designed to achieve a major or overall aim. So then kingdom strategies are plans of actions with the overall aim of advancing the what? The kingdom. The kingdom. So then I saw another definition that I really liked, and it says that a strategy is a high-level plan. It's a high-level plan to achieve one or more goals under the conditions of uncertainty. Now, I like to replace uncertainty with faith. Well, why, preacher, would you do that? I'm going to tell you. First off, faith is a kingdom strategy. I heard a preacher say once that faith is not something that you have just to get what it is that you want. It's what you work through. Faith is what you work through. It's, it's like a conduit or a channel. It's like a channel. You could even call it a filter if that helps paint a visual for you because that I, I need visuals. I like visuals. So it's like a filter. And if you are working under the, the condition of faith or the conduit of faith, then your climate is right. Amen. Bishop preached about climate a few Sundays ago. If you're working under the condition of faith, your climate is right. And we know that the word tells us that faith is what? The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Because of who you believe in, you have an assurance that make it that God will make things come to pass on your behalf. And so if you apply kingdom strategy under the condition of faith, you have an expected outcome. 
Number one, you come out of it trusting God all the more. At least that's been my experience. You come out of a situation trusting God all the more. Number two, you come out a winner. It's a done deal. Number three, you come out with something that you can use for whatever the next task is that requires a strategy. How many people like buying stuff that don't work for you? You done went to Walmart and spent your good money. You done came home, you set it up, and it does not work like you thought it would. And you got to take it back to the store. Faith has an expected outcome. Amen. See, using a strategy produces some kind of result or has some kind of impact on your goal. Let's say your goal is to drop a few pounds. You're in a wedding in a few weeks, and you're trying to get that push down a little bit. And you go, you work out three days a week for a few weeks. You limit your sugar intake, and you choose healthier foods. Then you're going to reach your goal of shedding a few pounds. These are strategies that are proven to work. Some people do it differently, but these are strategies that are proven to work. Now, the next time you need to shed a few pounds, you know what works for you. You can apply that strategy because it worked, right? Next time you're having issues in your marriage or on your job and you decide to get down on your face before the Lord and you turn down your plate and you turn up the volume on the Holy Spirit, you'll find that those kingdom strategies that you worried about in the word and that you employ still works and you're going to have a positive outcome. Amen. When you plead the blood of Jesus over a situation and you watch that situation turn around. You are assured that the blood still works. The blood still has power. Why? Because you got down on your face and you went all in. You went full throttle. You didn't stop until you got the desired outcome. Amen. Some things only come through fasting and praying. Ask the intercessory team and the ministry team about it. Amen. We have been going full throttle these last few weeks with prayer and with fasting to the point where somebody said, please don't add another fasting day to the schedule. Please don't add another fasting day. Elder Hoskins, I feel you, brother. I feel you. But we are assured of the fact that fasting and praying works. There is a specific outcome, and the Lord does his work. Another kingdom strategy is the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the one who gasses you up. It's the engine. You ever see a car accelerate without an engine? Not going to happen. A couple weeks ago, Elder, Elder Hoskins was preaching about friction points, and he uses, used the car analogy, talked about cars, and talked about when he drove the school bus. Cars not going to accelerate without an engine. You aren't going anywhere without an engine. Acts 1 and 8, familiar scripture. Jesus told the disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, Holy Ghost will take you places in the kingdom. You will be empowered to do the work of the kingdom through Holy Spirit. Amen. Dunamis power propels you forward. Dunamis power propels you forward and also keeps you in alignment with the Father. Full throttle is not just about speed, but also about being intentional. Dunamis power helps you be a standard bearer in the kingdom. Makes you intentional about what it is that you do and how you carry yourself and your posture in the kingdom when you're working through the power of Holy Spirit. Amen. It keeps you on your toes. This is what helps you. Give it all you've got. Remember, engine can't accelerate 
a car can't accelerate without the engine. And you don't have to do this in your own strength. You ever try to get out of a car and push it on your own with no help? Your battery has died and you trying to move that car, not budging, ain't gonna happen. You need somebody to charge that battery for you. The Holy Spirit does that work in you. Amen. It gives you the charge that you need. Holy Spirit also tells you when to hit cruise control and hold it right there so that you don't burn out. And hold it right there in the road so you don't burn out. It allows you to take your foot off the gas a little bit and rest a little bit. Sometimes when I've been traveling for a while, my leg gets tired. My legs get tired. My knees sometimes will ache. And so it helps sometimes to be able to hit cruise control and stretch my legs a little bit for the rest of the journey. Amen. So the Holy Spirit allows you to do that. It teaches you when it's good to hit cruise control so that you don't burn out. Amen. Next strategy. Don't resist pressure. Don't resist pressure. Now, in my house, we like Mario Kart. It's a video game for those of you who don't know. It's a racing video game. We love Super Mario in my house. Carter got a new uh, console. What's it called? I keep calling it the Switch. What is it? The Nintendo Switch. I call it the DS, which that's wrong. That's old school. But anyway, it's Nintendo Switch. And so it has hit one of his favorite games, Mario Kart. And in fact, we all like, like I said, we all like to play Mario Kart. And so on the game, there are different CCs or races. And um, you have 50 CCs, you have 100 CCs, and then you have 200 CCs. You want to play it safe, don't really drive well, you're still learning the game, go with 50 CCs. See, we like to go full throttle. So we choose 200 CCs sometimes because that is the one that is the most thrilling. 200 CCs is the most thrilling. It's the hardest one. It's the most intense one of the three levels. Now, um, you have your other drivers on the road, and they have items, and they can attack you with items. So on 200 CCs, you get attacked with more items. Um, you get to use more speed. But when you win the race, it's so much more gratifying because of how hard it was. It's so much more gratifying. So although we're using the analogy of speed, this is not the focus when we talk about going full throttle. The focus here is the effort, the impact, the torque, the pressure, the spirit of excellence, and the diligence that was used to win the race. That's what is important, the diamond that results from the pressure. That's what's important. So what is the end result when you give it all, give it your all? You win. You win. You advance the kingdom. That is winning. Advancing the kingdom is winning. You want a hashtag? Advancing the kingdom is winning. That's what's winning. You're loaded with benefits every day. You are prosperous. You're on fire. All things are working for your good. That's winning, and that happens through Jesus Christ. Amen? Last strategy. Have a strategy. Have a firm foundation in the word. So we are talking about Mario Kart earlier. Now, when, when you play Mario Kart, there are some stages that can be a little tricky. If you don't use the right steering to keep you on course, then you can kind of go flying off the edge. And none of us like that because what happens is you might be in first place, but if you go off the edge, it backs you up, and you got to work even harder to move back up in the race. Um, and so what happens is that your vehicle goes off the edge, and then, like, this, this little thing comes and puts your vehicle back on, and you keep racing, um, and you keep going. And so we need the word of God in our lives to keep us on track so we don't steer and go the wrong way. 
The Bible says this in Psalms 119 and 5, that the word is a lamp unto my path and a light unto my feet. Not just an occasional devotional with a couple of scriptures, but you need to be rooted and grounded in his word. Rooted and grounded in his word so that you can stay the course. Why? Because the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he is no respecter of persons. And so the weapons of our welfare are not carnal. You need your weapons. And the word of God is a weapon. The word is going to give you what you need to be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. That's in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. That's the word of God. The word helps us to fight. Kingdom strategies are like keys to life. They're like puzzle pieces. You use these strategies to give life all that you got for the Lord. When you see the puzzle pieces fitting together and working for your good, this becomes your witness. That becomes your witness. You tell people about how these kingdom strategies that are found in the word have worked for your life, how it made things click for you and how it propelled you forward. God wants to use each and every one of us in a special way. Use us to proclaim the gospel and advance the kingdom of God. There's something in all of us. We each have his precious gifts on the inside of us. Not just your neighbor sitting next to you, but you. You have something. But we have to be willing to be used and willing to give it all we got. Paul said this. He said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency of power may be of God and not of us. God put his gospel message in you to be on display for him. You are equipped. Each and every one of you are equipped. So then what now? We got to go full throttle. That's the what now. We have to go full throttle. It's all or nothing. Show me in the word where Jesus ever half did anything. You know, when you were growing up and you, your mom told you to do something, you ain't do it the right way. She made you do it over. Jesus didn't have no do-overs. He did it right the first time. He went full throttle, full throttle. Holy Ghost empowers us to stay in the race and accelerate, not at our own speed, but at God's speed, at God's speed. Stay the course. Remember that you have a purpose. Remember that there are strategies that God has placed in you. One of my favorite scriptures, 2 Peter 1 and 3, and in the NIV version of it says that his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So no glory and goodness of our own, but the glory and goodness of the Lord. Now, what does full throttle look like playing out, playing out in your everyday life, in your busy schedule as you are changing diapers and shuffling paperwork on your job or running to the grocery store? Full throttle is heeding the Holy Spirit. And stopping to talk to the lady in the parking lot, even though you don't have time or you don't feel like it. Full throttle is praying for your coworker who is in distress. Full throttle is forgiving that person that hurt you and did you wrong. It's letting go of the past and pressing forward. Full throttle is about completely surrendering to the perfect will and plan of God. That's what it looks like in your everyday life, 24-7. Surrendering to the Lord and his will. It is leaving no stone unturned. It is embracing what he has called you to be and remembering that you are his handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God had prepared in advance for you to do. 
this thing was already decided long before you got here. Long before you got here, it was already decided. I've been saying that scripture to myself all week. It's a good scripture to quote when, you, when you're feeling anxious about something that the Lord has given you to do. He created us. We're his handiwork. We belong to him. Something that Elder Stowe shared on multiple occasions on our minister's conference call was about how it's not us doing it. God is working through you. You are the conduit. You are the vessel. So it's not you. You don't have to do it on your own. You give everything over to him and you leave nothing out and you let Holy Spirit be your driving force. Let it be your driving force. And I promise you, you will not be led wrong. Amen. We're opening the altar now. If you're at a place in life where the Holy Spirit is telling you that it's time to go full throttle. And you're ready to give your life to the Lord or rededicate your life to Christ. Please come join us at the altar. If you sometimes feel like you're out of steam, then meet me at the altar. If you're still getting used to the shifting and you need God to help you with your mindset, the altar is open. If you have felt weary and well-doing,